0: You're listening to Let's Be Real with Tara Spates.
1: You are tuned in to Let's Be Real with Tara Spates. This is episode four, and we're talking education, teaching our black and brown students. Should it be different? I have two wonderful educators that are here with us today. We have Miss A. How are you? And I'm we good, have- how are you? <laughs> and we have Miss Lorraine. Are you there? I'm here. Hello. Great. We're gonna dive in because I want to make sure we explain what we're talking about right here, right now, and for parents and educators for them to be able to just kind of have that discussion. You know, maybe we're doing the right things, maybe we're not, but it's good to converse about it. So, my first question: Do you feel that there's there's a difference in teaching kids of different races? Lorraine, what do you think about it? You're, you're a retired educator, so you've been doing it for um, a minute. Do you feel like there's a difference in teaching different races?
2: I'm gonna go with sitting on the bench and say yes and no. And I'm less likely to look at, at uh, skin color or ethnicity than I'm, I am to look at kids as individuals. Good teaching methods are good teaching methods, and we have to address uh, struggles that kids have individually, and uh, although I would say that I, I do realize there are cultural and ethnic biases inside and outside classrooms, And but, but I think, again, that, um, that having... <laughs> having taught in a rural system that was probably 60% white, 40% black, and a, a sprinkling of Hispanic children, and also having taught in a metropolitan area where, as a, a teacher of English as a second language, I might have had 12 to 15 countries represented within the school days that um, we still have to those children individuals as individuals when we're teaching them and that's one of the the things that uh, teaching in an email classroom that's the luxury that we have that we don't have when there's one teacher and some children in a classroom um, again just to belabor the point I do think there are differences between uh um, Cultures and between ethnicities and among cultures and ethnicities, and I treat everyone individually, so I guess it's different ways of expressing it, and probably amounts to the same thing.
1: <laughs> okay, so um, while you try to um, look at it from an individual student standpoint, just because you have worked with different, you know, races and and, and quantities of each one, you realize that sometimes it does take something different. Now, is it culturally that they would need something different or just because as humans, sometimes we have different learning styles? Okay, so so when when you're saying yes, are you saying yes that it's a cultural thing or yes, it's a learning style thing? It's
2: it's both. Okay. I don't think you. you have to address learning styles. And if, if again, if you're in a classroom, where you have thirty to thirty-five children. Every lesson can't be adapted for all those individual learning styles within a classroom, but you can make adjustments and you're not going to address that child every day, every hour that he's in your classroom. It, it can't be done individually. Uh unfortunately, because as we all know when the, the tests roll out, um uh, those individual learning styles aren't aren't necessarily addressed or nor are they tested. So um, I do think learning styles would would enter into it, and I I, I do see uh, it, it, when you when you first approached me and mentioned you know, talking about cultural bias or, or racial bias or how those those different um, backgrounds are addressed. I've, I've done a lot of thinking about that this week.
1: Why is there a study that says that black students learn better with, and mainly more than anything they say with black male teachers, but they said having someone of color in the classroom helps that student. Now, is it just identity or is there something else that's valid with that point? Either one of you. <laughs> go ahead, you can go, Asia. Um, I think it's
2: both. I mean, a lot of the time. Okay, so if we're being real, in urban neighborhoods, there's a lot of single parent homes, and most of those single parent homes are female led. So you have a, a young male growing up, he, you know, he has a representation for a woman. So you know, he needs and you know, as you and I have had conversations before, I definitely feel that, you know, young men, black, white, Hispanic or any other race or ethnicity excuse any of those, they need that male energy because they don't have it. So it's like you you require that male energy because like I'm a woman. I can't I have I don't know what it's like to be a man. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to, you know, grow up and be a boy and, you know, those things that you want to deal with as a boy. Like, I don't have, I don't know those things. I don't have those things, to yes, I can give some things to a young man absolutely. I can give him a female perspective, but I can't teach him how to be a man. And he definitely needs that male energy for boys, especially because boys by nature are a lot more active and, you know, they require different things than women do. Right, just like I would be able to, you know, relate to a female who is, you know, going through her, her, going through puberty and, you know, maybe her first mentees or whatever. I would be able to relate to that rather than, you know, relating to a boy going
1: through puberty. Right. Now, Lorraine, um, Lorraine, when you answer this, I want to add something else to it. Do we put too much on teachers and saying they have to relate to the students? Like, is that too much pressure or what do you think about having?
2: I think that it's, well, the, I think that, yes, I think that the nature of teaching, is that a lot of responsibility is inherent in it, and yes, a whole lot is, is put on teachers, but there uh, is certainly a lack of that male role model not only in metropolitan areas and and, um, in those school districts and in the less privileged districts but as you've seen in our rural area in south georgia there's that as well and no we can't be all things to to all people but we all as children looked for role models that that were like us or that we wanted to to be like when we grew up so there's certainly that shortage of of male teachers and i wish there were more and that ties into the whole thing you know how how um low teacher pay is and if and if a man wants to be the breadwinner and his primary breadwinner in his family uh, it's a very difficult thing to do unless he devotes a life to to teaching and coaching. So there is there is a, a need, and I, I would say that and and being in that classroom, that in itself is is going to to be helpful to boys and and young men to have that person as as a role model. Whether he he does anything else, just just being himself is, right. is a good
1: thing. Right. And that is so true. Um I guess it's tough because sometimes I feel like we're making excuses. Um for students and I guess that's why I wanted, you know, an educator um on on the on this episode because for me, I always go back and look at those who had nothing. But yet, just the fact that they wanted something, they did whatever they had to do to make it. And so then I wonder do we place all that in school, you know, for stuff that should be done outside of school. Like I know when I was in school, it was okay you had the roll desk, you had to sit down. Some of us misbehaved, but we know we had to go there, we had to listen, we had to get it done. They were They weren't going to do backflips to help us get there, and now we expect the teachers to be really, really creative to hold the kids' attention now is is that something that's just a sign of the times because our kids have very low um attention spans? well that's, <laughs> some adults do too though.
2: Capturing the attention of a, a generation uh, for whom an attention span may be a lost cause. A <laughs> an attention span, and, and that's a whole other issue in itself. But um, I think if I think if we don't, I, and I'm not a song and dance person so much in a classroom. But I I do try to be engaging and always did try to be uh, engaging and and have something of interest. But the the bottom line is education is not. And education is not supposed to be the business of learning is not just finding games and. Uh, I had a colleague at the post-secondary technical college level who would say to students when they complained, and these were mostly young adults, some of them fresh out of high school, when they complained about the, the rigor he would say, well if if this were easy, if a degree, getting a degree were easy then everybody would have one so mm-hmm. it, uh, it says to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation to right. to encourage them and to nurture in them the the thought that this is not going to be easy. If you're on the athletic field, you're field, excuse me, you're gonna expect some some pain. Right. Um, you're gonna expect some sweat and some some hard work, and, and it shouldn't be any different in the classroom. It, it's mental exercise, and and there has to be some hard work put in for for there to be a payoff. Right, exactly. It'll, it'll be all all fun and games, and I think uh, I will add this because I had this uh, kind of a breakthrough moment with one of the students that I tutor last night because I, I'm I'm very quick to stress to them this is all a means to an end right what you're doing here is just a stepping stone on the way to another goal what do you want to do when you leave here why is it important to do this before you get to that or you know the fact that you won't get to that unless you do this first right and so I try to paint a picture for them and, and get them motivated um, uh, and hope
1: that that helps. <laughs> hey, what do you say?
2: Um, I definitely think that, I do think that students complain too much. <laughs> um, when I was younger, you know, phones were just coming out and they weren't as big as, like, the sets of phones from the 90s or whatever. <laughs> yes. But I think that, you know, the the creation of, like, things like social media, um, have the system that has stored um, the stuff that you can get information at. You know, the snap of a finger, pretty much it is has created that that um, and now have these you know actual articles that have proven it. Um, that people's attention spans are a whole lot you know shorter because of the way in which they process information now. So like even if I had a question. Which I did actually, I Googled it and I had a question in my head and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to ask people. this. So Google gave me 10 to 15 results and all I have to do is put through them, and, you know, the process, and process to releasing it and I'm done. So it's, I just think that, you know, yes, you're going to Yes, I feel like you're entitled a lot of the times so they don't want to do the work. Yes, I do feel like teachers, baby students. And, but I also feel that, you know, you're just of people learn teen is a whole lot shorter now. So it's like you have to combat so many things within the classroom. And now you know it's different. It's well experts say that we really we delude ourselves when we say we can do that. I mean we we can do that, but it it's not our best effort. And so, I don't feel uh, else.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> this is true. But you know what I guess I guess when I say that, and and we're going to be real, right? So so let's go here. I can look at some of my now. I have said this before. I'm the only black person on my job, and I listen to some of the uh, men and women talk about their children and in their classes. You know, they have the the study guides, and you know, they have the lessons and so forth. And I never hear never ever ever have i heard them say the teacher got up and wrapped the math to them or the teacher got up and you know um did did a a skit on learning you know predicates and nouns but i see that on social media how in the urban areas the teachers you know either they have to have this handshake for the morning when they come in the line or they have to sing and dance it appears that the the image that I'm getting that is that we need all that to learn. That people in the urban cities need a song and dance for them to learn. What do you say? I,
2: I don't think. I mean, you can take this space. No, I I don't think. I, I, and there's always a happy. In my estimation, there's always a happy medium. Okay. But education and entertainment are not synonymous, nor should they ever be synonymous. When, again, I'll make the analogy there between the classroom and the athletic field, and and I'm thinking about your son in this context and, and his his fitness training, there's, there's some pain, and there's some anguish, and there's some rigor involved, right, right. and I don't think we should approach a classroom any differently. It it ha- There has to be a certain amount of, of pressure, uh, not pressure is not the
1: word I'm even... But in intensity. There should be a, a level of intensity because when they come out here in the real world, like you just said, no one's going to you know, entertain them. When they get on that yeah. job, they're going to have to sit down and figure out what it is they need to do and do it. Right. And, and that's what
2: I've addressed. Even with these students that I'm teaching now, they make appointments with me for tutoring, and I was talking to a student last night, and I said, I I sent you a reminder about this appointment. She said, you know, she just kept saying, well, I forgot. I forgot. And I I was speaking to one of the administrators and said, we are missing out on teaching a life skill. Yes. Because in the real world, I forgot might lose you job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it will.
2: <laughs> and and we're doing them a disservice if if we cater to that and say, Oh, honey, that's okay. Mm-hmm. No, that's not okay. I mean nobody's a hundred percent all of the time, teacher included but if if you're showing me a pattern, well I forgot because I refuse to keep a calendar, then you're not
1: creating a set of skills that will serve you in, in the real world. No, that is so true. Abe, what do you say? Um, I
2: have to agree. Um, well, I guess just I don't like to say. I mean, I, I did, I did used to say, but I don't like to say, you know, in school versus the real world, because I think that school is the real world and. I would like to think that I'm trying my best to prepare little humans to, you know, work and get a job and, you know, be responsible and things like that. I think that, no, I don't want to have to perform to do a song and dance for kids every day. It's tiring. Um, (laughs) No, it is. I mean honestly, because it's like having to be on constantly out of the classroom is hard and you know, I go home most of the days exhausted because I've had to do a song dance, not, you know, performance stuff, but I've had to be on all day pretty much. I've had to create papers, I've had to, you know, talk about IEPs. I've had to Speak with other teachers. I've had to talk to parents. I've had to, you know, answer. I have to on questions from kids. I've had to repeat myself multiple times. More than I'm, more than I'm comfortable with having to do. And no, I don't feel like I have to. I mean, for class culture, absolutely, because I've definitely changed um, the, the setup of my classroom to make it more comfortable. But I've also tried to make it. Thank you. I've also tried to make it um caught like records mimicing like the college level classroom. My like, college of licopteries to work like classrooms, you know, in high school. You know, they're maybe not just desks all the time. They're like tables and chairs and, you know, things that can move. I try to mimic my classes, class after that. But I don't feel that I have to come up with a wrap all the time to talk about a book, and although those things are fun and they engage the students, we also have to, and I actually, I actually like the word pressure, um, because, you know, once they leave high school, I feel like high school should mimic college, I feel like college should mimic a job, you know, a job environment, because it's like, my supervisors require so much from me, and it's like, they're not letting off the department. You know, it's texting, it's this, it's that, it's whatever, you know, that they require of me, and I don't get a break, so I don't feel that students should, you know, get breaks, I don't feel like they should be babied, I don't feel like I, you know, should have to, you know, alter the ways that I, you know, you know, alter lesson plans, you know, and things like that, too, and that's not to talk about learning abilities, that's not, I'm not about Right, right. No, that's, a, that's a different thing, yeah have to, you know, let up on the students because or be, be less rigorous. I feel that students need that rigor. I feel like they need, you know, also they need life skills. And I feel like that's not something that pushed in school. But just like they should be learning how to read, they should also be learning how to throw out a text or to, you know, write bills and things like that because those are things that they're going to have to do. Those yeah. life skills
1: right, yeah well, and you're and you're both right, and I think I didn't want to go too far to the left because the, the episode is mainly about um how do do we really have to change our our teaching- teaching methods in the classroom um you know, when you have the different races, because it is spoken a lot, and we do have a lot of people that say, you know, this group needs to be taught this way, and although I did not get a teaching certificate. I've been in and around the school long enough to know that all of these students can learn. Now you may have alternative methods of teaching because of learning styles, but you're not going to alter your teaching just because I'm a different shade than you are. Like, and I think that's what I, I was trying to learn from you ladies um, so to prove that I am not crazy, and, and if I am, you can prove that I am, but I think if we take what you said um, and teachers are allowed to start that early on, this is what we have to prepare our youth for, for what's next, not only for us right now, but what's for next. And then we may have a shot at getting them all to a certain level. You know, instead of always teaching down.
2: And here's the thing that I found helpful when you're talking about different cultures, different races. It's always good to address different speech, different language for the different settings that we're in. And to talk with students about the fact that you don't talk to me the way that you would speak to your grandmother. Right. You don't speak to your grandmother in the same way that you speak to your peers. You use an entirely different set of vocabulary, not entirely different, of course. You use a different set of vocabulary for each of those settings. Your job has a language. Home has a language. Your peers have a language. And you are smart enough to transition between those different environments that you're in, and that um, that's one of the goals that we have is to learn the difference. And I explain to them that I I speak differently depending on the setting that I'm in, and and so it, you know does my culture have a, a language unto itself? Yes, it does. <laughs>
1: but, <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs>
2: I, I don't always use that, and I think that helps students to see that that it's important to have that have those skills that are connected to a particular uh a, to a professional setting or a job. Period. You know, that's mm-hmm. in the public.
1: No, that is that is so true, and I just want to. I want to thank both of you ladies. A hey, Lorraine, I want to thank you for just taking the time to be on this episode to talk about the different learning styles, um, whether we should alter teaching, of, you know, the different cultures and races, uh, you know, when we're in the classroom. And, you know, I want to continue on with, um, just want to be able to start that conversation and maybe within communities, little by little we can grab hold and start to just share the importance, the importance of getting these young people to know, like you said, there's a different language, there's a pressure and there's preparing for what's next. So I just want to say thank you to both of you for taking the time out to be on this episode. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to thank you guys for listening and definitely leave me a message because I will be able to share the message on one of my uh, future shows. So again, thank you for tuning in and feel free to leave a message and subscribe to the channel. Until next week. To be a guest or to be a sponsor, email lbrnoexcuses at gmail.com.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Let's Be Real. And that's it.
1: Hello, this is episode five of Let's Be Real podcast with your host, Tara. And I'm so delighted to have my aunt, Katie, that's here joining us for today's podcast. Katie, thank you for being here and sharing some of your knowledge with us.
0: Well, you're welcome, Tara.
1: You know, we're going to talk tonight about things that we should Um, be told, or just conversations that, as a young lady, um, should we or shouldn't we have with some of our seasoned women who have traveled the road that we are about to travel. So, Katie, I just want to ask you, um, if you go back to right before you were married, what is something that you wish you had been told?
0: Well... First of all, as a young lady, first of all, we didn't really realize what we should have, but we didn't. First of all, we should love the Lord. Okay. We should love the Lord, and then we should love ourselves. Okay. We should love nobody else no better than we love ourselves. And if you love yourself, then you're going to take care of yourself. Hmm. A lot of times when people, um, young ladies, young. Right. You know, and they go out into the world, and they don't know a lot of things, and they just go, just go. Right. But what you need to do is remember your body. That's the first thing you should remember. Hmm. Take care of your body. Don't mistreat your body. Don't go by what people tell you, especially men. Okay. They don't convince you that they love you. Right. But whenever you find when they get what they want. You're going to find out they don't love you anymore. They're going on to someone else.
1: Okay, so what you're saying is you don't put yourself aside for that man and do everything for him and not take care of yourself. That's right. Okay. so what if, because I can remember being told, You know, that you're supposed to, you know, make this man happy. That this is going to be your husband or or is your husband, you know, you're supposed to do everything for him. So, is that still not the case?
0: Well, sure. You should take care of your husband once you're married. Okay. You should take care of your husband. You should get up, fix his breakfast in the morning, have his food ready for him. When he come back in the afternoon, sometimes both of you have to work. Right. So what you do, if he comes before you, maybe he might start. Okay. But when he get there, when you get there, then you continue. Okay. Make sure that you satisfy him with everything, with working, with cleaning, with everything. Make sure everything is right because a lot of men, if you don't do what you have to do as a lady, right, then walk away. So you don't want that to happen. So what you want to do is do as good and as much as you can, you know, to satisfy mm-hmm. him. Okay. Because sometimes, you know, you some people might get where some women's might say, well, you know, I work, he work, let right? Him, you know, but let that, him do. I say, hey, he can cook, he, he can clean. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> let them do. It. But that's not the way it works. That's not okay. the way it works at all. Because first of all, when my mom. When my mother, when we was coming up, even though she worked and he worked, but she would always make sure the food is ready when we right. get there. She always made sure the house was clean when okay. he got there.
1: So she got off first.
0: So she she got off first. Yeah. Okay. So she made sure that everything was done right.
1: So now, but was and as I said, this is my aunt, so that would be my grandfather. So was he a provider? So is it easier for a woman to do that when that man is providing, you know, more so than she is? Or just, you know, he's not sitting around?
0: No. My father never just sit around. He always worked. When he wasn't on the farm, he would go out and he, they would go through pulpwood. I don't know what people, everybody knows what poor is. But what you do, you go out in the trees, go out and cut trees and stuff, put them on a truck, and they take it out. Right. So he does that. I mean, he um, was doing it, and a tree fell on him hmm. and broke his face, broke his wow. teeth. And he had his teeth with so wide for a long time. But that didn't stop him because when he got up and he was able to get up and work again, he was up doing the same thing. He always made sure that we had food on that table. I can't remember not one day that my father didn't prepare for us.
1: Okay, so now with that in mind, When you see young ladies today and they're running themselves ragged, you know, trying to do everything, and that man is doing the bare essentials or he's making excuses for why he can't, as you said, your father, you know, went above and beyond to try to make sure there was food on the table. What would you say to that young lady?
0: Well, I would tell her, you know, just to talk to him. Let him know, okay, I'm doing the best I can, but you need to help me. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of time a woman cannot do everything by herself. Right. Especially somebody got a lot of children. That's true. Now, how are you supposed to do all this by yourself? So you got to try to convince this man that he need to get out and do some kind of work no matter what. But not steal or nothing like that. Right. But go out and get a job, some kind of job. Because I always tell him. Some money is better than none at all. This is true. And some men, if they can't get what they want, they don't want to do. They just want Mm -hmm. to stay home and do nothing. And that doesn't work either. That is true. So that's what you need to do. Just talk to them. Just talk to them.
1: So now, what should that young lady... Because I guess it's harder once you get married. Because now you're married. So you got to figure it out and make it work. So before that young lady gets married, if that man seems to... You know, he he's a provider, but um, he's just not giving her everything she needs. Like, you know, as, as women, we, we like affection. We we want to know that we're loved. If there's something that that young lady feels is missing, should she, because he's a provider or he's trying, should she forget about other things that may not, that she may not be happy about?
0: No, you shouldn't. You should never get married to somebody that you feel that, okay, maybe he do. There's... Different parts of life, right? You know, sometimes okay, maybe he do provide right now, but these other things like taking care of her and different things like that, right? You're not gonna be satisfied. True. Most of the people, most of the girls, when they do that, they find themselves going out, and that's not good. Mm, true. So you got to make sure everything works together. I mean, because sometimes okay, he looks good over here, does this over here, but over on the other side, uh oh, you know, some people. It's loving and caring. Then right. some men's is not. That's true. And they reach out outside. Women reach out outside.
1: Right. They're still looking for that love. Exactly.
0: And... They both got to go together. You can't have a man going out there doing this, helping you out on that side. But then you're missing on taking care of him, taking care of you, you know. Being able to talk and yeah, communicate. And a, and... Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you got to make sure that, you know, both things works together.
1: Work together. Mm-hmm. And now, when you said taking care of yourself, what did you mean when you said that young ladies have to make sure that they don't forget themselves?
0: You make sure that you keep yourself clean. Mm -hmm. You make sure that um, whatever... Well, I don't... I don't want to... um, Oh wait l this is called let's be real so <laughs> you,
1: it's okay. We we want to make I, I, it plain. I, I, I,
0: okay, uh you know Okay. Your husband come home. hmm He's hungry. Okay, you got the food ready, everything is done. But then after the food, after everything right. you go to bed. Right. You got to satisfy your be your husband in the bed too. Ah You can't okay. miss that.
1: Because okay. if you
0: do He's going out. Okay. So you got to make sure. It doesn't matter what it is that you think he need. You have to do it. Okay. I mean, a lot of the times they don't want to do it. I'm tired. Right. I worked all day. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be bothered. Right. But then you cannot do that. You cannot do that. You have to satisfy a man the way as long as he's doing for you. You right. got to do for him. Right.
1: But now you're not talking about if that man is you know trifling so to speak. And he's not standing up to the ideal role as a husband. I'm not talking about if he's sick or hurt, and he can't. But an able-bodied man who, you know, is making excuses for why he can't go out there and, and hustle. And again, like we said, legally. But he he's not out there trying to make two dimes rub together to provide. And you still feel like you still got to make sure there's food and, and you're sexing him and all this stuff
0: doesn't he have to make sure he's stepping up to the plate? Hey, no food, no eat. If you don't come <laughs> on a supply, if you don't supply food and that don't come and look at that table because it's not for use for my kids. Uh, now, ladies, did you kids. hear it?
1: Ladies, did you kids. hear it?
0: I'm not going to get money and go out there and work and come and give it to this man for he can go and do whatever he want to. My kids, your kids have to be fed. That's it. So don't fool around with these men. And give whatever little money you get, and give it to them. And then later on the month, you have nothing. That's no, it. don't do that. That's uh-uh. it. Your kids come first, no matter what. You you
1: have you, to take care. Your kids first. But now, okay, you said your kids come first. Let's go here. What about those kids are going to grow up, and they're going to leave? So if you don't put some, so if you don't put a lot of attention into your husband and not make him feel like he's second to those kids, but maybe we're a family, we got to all do this together, then that's going to be a problem because then when the kids leave, y'all looking at each other like, I don't know if I like you. (laughs) Because you spent all the time, you know, being there and taking care and pouring all into these kids that you didn't really pour anything into each other.
0: Well, that's because if the husband is not doing what he's supposed to do, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm truly sorry. I mean, this is just the way I feel. Right. And my husband is out there doing this and that and the other. Right. And not trying to bring no bread into the... I mm-hmm. mean, you want to take care. Okay, maybe you do have a little bit of something left on. Right. Don't take all your money and put it on a man when you know your children have to live. This is true. Now you you know they got to live. I mean, I'm not. I say, well, okay, if um you have food left over. But don't go and get shrimps and all that stuff, right. and buy for your husband when your kids before the month is out. You have nothing right. to feed them well,
1: because you know he's supposed to be providing for the family, right, the whole family. So exactly. if you have to pick up his slack, then you got to make sure you and those kids are okay. And if there's something, you know, yeah. now again, yeah. we're talking about someone who's not, not holding his weight. Exactly. He's just around. If mm-hmm. there's someone who is really trying and he's just down on his luck, we're not talking about him yes. because as women, we're supposed to encourage our men and, you know, motivate them, you know, cause people go through hard times.
0: Of course they do.
1: You know, things happen. So we're not talking about that instance, but we just see that there's a lot of young women. Who are busting their butts out here and it just seems like that gentleman is you know has every excuse for what they're trying to do
0: exactly Exactly.
1: that that's who we're speaking to Mm -hmm. that young lady you know if you're working that hard to prepare for everything then you need to have a conversation you need to ask them exactly what why are you here if I can do all this by myself why are you here Exactly. Now, 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 what if she say, "But I love him. Love don't
0: pay no bills."
1: <laughs> she said,
0: "Don't put no food on no table." No she said,
1: "Love don't pay bills, and you can't eat from it." That's um right. But, but you know, we—I joke, but there are a lot of young ladies who will say, "You know, I, I love him, and you're not supposed to give up on them." And you know, and I think for me. It's one thing if you're married to them, you know. I I made that commitment, so unless he's cheating or f- abusing me physically, you know, abusing me, then I'm gonna try to make it work. Right? That's my mm-hmm. husband. I'm gonna try to make it work.
0: Yeah, I'll try. But yeah, for
1: trying. our young ladies who are dating, there's no paperwork. There was no ceremony. Y'all just together. But yet, they're doing everything as if they had the benefits of being married. What do you say to that young lady?
0: I tell her, don't get married. Hmm. First of all, if he's not doing what he's supposed to do before you get married, hmm. can you imagine what's going to happen once you get married? Hmm. And then a lot of men, it's like this. Even if they're down, and, and they should be out there looking for something, but when... You leave, he's in the bed. Right. When you come back, he's gone on his clothes and went on out in the street somewhere. Right. That is no good.
1: Or, or he might have made it to the couch.
0: That could be. <laughs> he went from the bed to the couch. Could be. Could be. And eating up everything right. that the kids have to eat. He's eating it and yet still not bringing nothing to the table. That is not good either. Right. That is not good either. So
1: we're saying these are conversations that, you know, sometimes the young ladies don't want to hear it. You know, we feel like we know it all and we're in love and we're going to make it work and it's all good. But we really need to speak to women who have been down the journey. We need to just have conversations and we may be on the right track, but it doesn't hurt to just ask some questions. Ask, you know, what is it going to be like? Ten years down the line because, you know, the first three years, it's all good. We we're all in love, huggy kissy, true. you know, romantic. True. But you know what? Now we might be struggling financially. That's
0: true.
1: You know, somebody might get hurt and you can't have sex for a while. True. You know. How how do you how do you handle those times? How do you handle the times when 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 the the, the rainbow and the fireworks are gone?
0: You pray and you work on it. Mm. You pray and you work out. Pray can do a lot. Yes, I it mean, can. I mean, he can do a lot. Yes, so it can. So you got to always pray, always have God with you, no matter what. Right. Yeah, you pray and, and I, God will change things. Yes, he if can. If you pray and believe, He can. God can, and he will change things. He can. Yes, so when you get down and out like that and you don't know what to do, he's there but he's not doing anything, or, or he's sick. Right? You pray, because God is a healer. You pray right? about and, and, it, and we need a support. Easy.
1: Okay, I believe we need a support group. But you, let me ask you, because you know, you're older, and I think, correct me I'm wrong, are you from that generation that basically you kept everything in the house? So you really didn't want to have a support group because you, you, know, you didn't tell your business? That's it. Okay. That's it.
0: Sometimes you tell your business, you get in much trouble by mm-hmm. telling something like that. Okay. A lot of people want to hear bad news. Mm, so don't true. do that. Be true. careful who you talk to. Most of all, my thing is talk to God. That, he he, he, has he the ain't going to tell nobody else. That's right. And he has an answer, believe it or not. This is true. Yeah, believe it or not. I this mean, is true. If you got problems, go to church. Go to church. Well, I, I,
1: I, I'm going to be real with you. Sometimes you need another human being that you can get that instant gratification like I need someone that I can even if I just need to vent maybe he's just driving me crazy and I just need to vent for a moment
0: exactly
1: so I don't feel like God's giving me that feedback like I can't see his expressions I can't hear him tell me that maybe I'm crazy you know at that moment and I need to just relax a little bit so in that instance I'm thinking maybe there's a family member or just a close friend that you might be able to you know just go to and talk them. to exactly not necessarily that you want their their um that you're going to take their advice and just run with it mm-hmm. because like she said we we do want God to guide us but you know sometimes but like she said be careful well, and make him. sure you ha- you awesome. know that person and you you know you know you can trust them and they've been around and supported you for a long time because not only will people be happy when you're going through but some females will take advantage of the fact yeah, that
0: they be glad. You know. Mm-hmm, they're they gonna try. step
1: in and, and, and do whatever you're mm-hmm. not doing.
0: Yeah, go and start talking and then talking goes on to something else and mm-hmm. something else. So just be careful who you talk to.
1: Yes. That's be what careful. we need to do. But we definitely wanted um we wanted to say to to our young ladies and sometimes hey, yes, us older ladies too because sometimes we don't Talk to anyone when we when we get married, and we go through, and you know, we hit our bridges, our our bumps in the road. But we still need, you know, to be able to hear that next phase. Okay, I got over this hurdle. What what is that next hurdle like? And and how you know how did you get over it? And not that every two situations are alike but if I hear that, you know what? Okay, you you, you got over some stuff. And you you everybody don't have to have details, but just to say, you know what, baby, I, it wasn't all rosy.
0: Exactly. exactly, but we
1: we made it through. That'll give you know that'll give us that that motivation to know. Well, you know what? Then I can get through it too.
0: That's right. Because all they need is somebody to let them know. you not. First of all, you're not going through it alone. There you go. And then there's somebody else to help it with. Somebody individual talking to you, mm-hmm. and with God, you yes. can make
1: it. Yes. Yes. So you me? want to go with someone who um, has some spirituality, has a little Jesus in them. Because you go to the one person, you know, out there who's not trying to, to pray or seek God. And then the next thing you know, you, you out there doing some crazy stuff too. So what we want to leave you with is just be mindful and it's okay. Go talk to someone who's lived a life, who's been married for a few years. And when I say fear, I mean 20, 30. <laughs> um, and who's, you know, who's been around the block and they can tell you. That there will be ups and downs. You will have some really great times. You have some times that's not so great. True. And it's okay. Seek God and pray about it. And don't be so quick to give up. But if we seek advice and guidance in the beginning, then we have a good foundation to build on. So, everybody, find someone you can talk to. Make sure God is in the midst of it. And I wish you the best in your relationships, young ladies. And God bless you. There you go. God bless. (laughs)